and Ziploc dad. Right on my waistline is why I kept that strap. I remember nights. I didn't remember nights. I damn near went crazy. I had to get it right. Now I'm your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Hey, now I'm your favorite trapper's favorite trapper. The absolute truth. Yeah, no joke. Who me? I emerged from the crack. Welcome, everybody. The first episode of the Trap Draw Podcast. I am Randy. I'm joined on the boiler by Tron Carter. Tron, how are you? Randall, I'm, I'm great. Long time coming. Glad we could finally put this together. A couple no of doubt. apathetic individuals trying to put together a podcast is uh, is a pretty Herculean feat. No, I can't believe it. We got this thing up in the air. We have achieved takeoff. I think we have a good show on tap. I'm excited. It's uh, British Open Week. We are recording this on a Sunday evening, so we uh, just got a little bit of a nice preview this weekend with the Scottish Open, and we will turn our attentions to Royal Troon for the Open Championship. When was the last time in the British there, like 12, 13 years ago? It's been, it's yeah. been a bit, right? Twelve years, Yeah, 2004. Win the date with Todd Hamilton? <laughs> yeah, win a major with Todd Hamilton. I, I think something near and dear to your heart and certainly something – I'm interested in NBC has the coverage uh, for this year's Open, and they are rolling out 49 and a half hours of live golf. So to put that in perspective, I think I read the Masters shows about 28 and a half hours of of live golf. Um, The PGA Championships, I think 32 and a half I read. The U.S. Open, a little bit more than that. But the point being, we're going to get a ton of live golf. I, I think NBC and the Golf Channel are essentially showing complete coverage. So first ball in the air to the last group tapping, tapping in. I think that will be good as, as, you know, golf junkies. I'm looking forward to that. And the other, you know, new face on, with uh, the NBC Golf would be Mike Trico coming over from ESPN. Oh, so I forgot I about that. Yeah, so as I understand it, he's going to be the studio host. And, okay. Um, so he's going to be the one that just kills time during during – rain delays and, and shit yeah yeah and then johnny and dan are going to be the lead analysts and you know they're going to have the usual cast and, and crew out on the and course then, and everything and then jimmy roberts is going to be just getting sappy with it yeah yeah pretty yeah. much yeah so i i don't know i mean I, i'm i'm johnny doing the british is sweet hopefully he's got some stories you know i mean i, I don't think there's a 63 out there but but hopefully Johnny, you know, hopefully he's as salty, not bitter, but just just salty himself. You know, that's I don't know if he can step into that role. Yeah, he's kind of like you know the the blustery, maybe maladjusted American. I, I don't know if that's him or not. But I, I is I he the ugly American? I, you know, maybe I, I I could see that, but I don't know how he is in real life. I, I wouldn't mind him going off on you know some riffs and just laying into Scottish culture, cuisine, what have you. I, I don't think the guy understands Scottish culture because he doesn't drink. I didn't like, know period, that about him. Period, point blank. Okay, I didn't know that. doesn't drink at all. No, he's he's, he's mega Mormon. Is he recovering? Or no, he's he... just crazy Mormon. Oh, okay. It's like uh, him and Daniel Summerhays, and that's about it. And they're just going to they're gonna do they're gonna do them. Hey. But they do it well. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm not, hey, this is judgment-free. Um, yeah. JSV, 
judgment free zone there. Yeah. So yeah, as mentioned, this will be first open at Troon specifically since two thousand four. I think uh you know, I was looking back over there were kind of a couple dark years there, 2004 being one of them with, with Todd Hamilton, and the year prior, Ben Curtis came from nowhere and, and I, to declare a jug. Yeah. And but honestly, 2003, then, 2003, tragic. Mike Weir, Sean McKeel, Ben Curtis. Can't remember who won the U.S. Open. Sure, it won the U.S. Open in 2003. Fuck. Even worse. Even worse. Well, he's, your, he's your boy. I thought he was no, your I, boy. Yeah, I hate him, though. I hate him. I hate him. I, no, I thought you had to come to Jesus with him. Yeah, but I, I hated him back in that moment. Okay. Does that make sense? So Tiger reeled know. off a couple. Potty won a couple. And then Stuart Sink got one in there. Or Tom Watson. Yeah, he, he just shot on all of our dreams. Yeah. Like that most devastating, shittiest thing anybody ever could have done is win the British Open in a playoff like that. Disgraceful. Even even Ted Turner was upset. Yeah, he was bullying the elderly. Not cool. He was like the guy. He was like Ben Stiller and Happy Gilmore. Can we talk about Todd Hamilton at Muirfield? Well, yeah, at Muirfield? Yeah, when we, when we're not not like the real Muirfield, like Muirfield Village. Oh, yeah. All right, you want to tell the story? I, I don't even know how to tell the story. It was surreal. And the guy was, he was totally just, he shat all over this kid's spirit. And he asked so him the a kid was, question. Yeah. Well, the kid was looking for like a ball or a glove, you know, something. This was behind the ninth green, I think. Yeah, I think he was coming off the course. He must have started on the back. Yeah. And he's like, hey, Mr. Hamilton. Yeah, hey, Mr. Hamilton, can I get a ball or can I get a uh, a glove? And then Todd, like, without missing a beat, when it goes right up to him. I forget I forget the question he asked him. There was like something. He was like, what's, he was like, what's 6 plus 6 plus 79 times 33? Or something. Just some crazy... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a really involved math question. I heard involved math. And the kid obviously got it wrong. I mean, I think he was like, what's going on? And then, Yeah, I mean, the kid was like in second grade. I mean, it, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was almost obscene how, how mean he was to this kid. Well, he goes, and then, yeah, he just gives him a – so he guesses, and he's like, that's wrong, and just walks away. And But he said, no – he said he was like, "What's sixteen plus twenty four plus thirteen plus seventeen times forty two <laughs> plus forty eight times sixty nine And the kid and the kid just <laughs> literally like burst out into tears, and he acted like he was gonna flip him the ball. I thought he, did, he ended up flipping him the ball. He had like walked away and then yeah, he but he like pocketed it him. first, and the kid started yeah. crying. Right, and then he flipped in the ball, and it was—it was the most cold-blooded thing I've ever seen in my life. It was pretty cool, and I think a little bit on the kid for breaking down so easily. He's yeah, yeah, it's not that, a good that's look. Just disgraceful. Anyway, so yeah, that's our that's our Todd Hamilton story. Um, <laughs> all right, who do you like to win it? 
Sergio. All right, me too. Next topic. <laughs> and then DJ is probably going to come in second, and then hopefully Angel Cabrera. It's the wind blowing. Yeah, I don't. I, hopefully the wind is. Hopefully the conditions just stuck. Do, do we? Do we know and, is Angel in the British Open? I don't know. Is that a stupid what? question? No, that's an extremely good question. Uh, but at some point, I, I don't know. I feel like that, that guy's going to win the career grand slam at some point. Like, he might win the PGA Championship at 57. Yeah. You know? And he's yeah. just, like, like, hasn't played competitive golf in six years. And he's just been hanging out with, like, Argentinian gauchos. You know, wrangling up good red meat. But that's, at some point, he's going he's gonna to win the career grand slam. So he's he's not in the British Open. He's not uh, at all. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's bullshit. He's not in it. Um, and I'll say this: if and when he does complete the career Grand Slam, it's the, his win at the Greenbrier is going to be the most tragic occurrence in maybe the history of golf. If and we could strike be, that from the from the history books, yeah, and just only Four have career wins. Each major, yeah, call it a career. Sorry, sorry, Kenny Perry. Sorry about yeah. you. Uh, or if you're gonna win the Greenbrier, you gotta win the Mayakoba, Reno, and John Deere as well. That would be golf's ultimate jewel. That's that's essentially the second Grand Slam. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you think Spieth will fare this week? Uh, I don't know, man. I think he. I'm kind of torn on speed. I think he he's like the best player of his generation. He's a total savage. But at the same time, he kind of stinks. And I feel like Lydia is kind of the same thing. <laughs> like they're, they're, they're like, they're, they're generational players, but Tee to Green, they stink. Does Lydia, I don't think Lydia Coe really does stink, Tee to Green, though. I don't think speed does either. I, don't know. I mean, I feel like Speed sometimes he'd be better served on the on the LPGA tour, hitting hitting choke down, you know, nine woods from the rough than he than he is you know, competing with the big boys like DJ. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you may have just charted into or wandered into uncharted territory. I'm not sure really how to respond. Sorry. Sorry, I'm not sorry. Uh, what about Jay Day? Aren't you a big Jason Day fan? Uh I I think I think Jay Day might did he already pull out of the Olympics? Yeah. I, I think he might already have Zika. So, alright, here's my question. Yeah. First shoot. of all, why does the Olympics suck? And second of all, who is gonna announce that they have Zika? Um, to your second question, I don't know. That that certainly is maybe the lead storyline. Um, or they're just not going to announce it. Like it's just like if somebody gets Zika, they're not going to say it. I hope you know what they should do. They should go to Shipnuck for an exclusive and let Shipnuck write it up. The guy, that guy's been about as gung ho as possible. I think he got greased by somebody down in Argentina. I think he's on the tape. 
I think I think Juan Antonio Samaranch gave him gave him about four grand and said, "Hey, hey, Shippy, <laughs> we got a couple glowing articles about us." That was what I think happened. I don't understand it. I I, I usually God I I count on that guy for his cynicism, and it's just he's been letting me down. Um, yeah. But yeah, if somebody has Zeke. I'd so you know what else I Zeke. think? All right, so all right, so before we get back to Jason Day and anybody Olympics wise, um, I, I do think it's funny that none of the women who actually create babies have withdrawn from Rio. Yeah, I you know, I, I, so what I've heard that you know it's much more prestigious opportunity for the women, I, but. I think it just comes back to, dude, the guys that are pulling out have all the money, and it's a pain to fly down to Rio. And if they don't it's feel, a pain, it's a pain to fly private down to Rio. Well, and then you got to worry about logistics, and I'm sure they're hearing it's not safe down there. I I, I think that it's just easier to skip it. Oh, I don't know, man. I mean, all right, let let's say let's say. Let's say Jay Spencer withdraws, right? He's not and going to. Has he? We're recording this Sunday no, night. No, he has, I haven't heard. Yeah, he has not withdrawn yet. I think the deadline, he said the deadline was probably nine nine minutes ago. Uh, he's, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's going to withdraw. I'm surprised Ricky's playing, but I don't think he's going to withdraw because he's too busy pushing diabetes on little kids with Coca-Cola. Um Sorry, that's that's a hot, that's a mega hot take. That's like magma. But at the end of the day, I I do I would like to see Spieth withdraw because I want to see Kucher in the opening ceremonies. He would be like a kid at Christmas. Yeah, I mean, like he's he's gonna show up three days early. He's gonna play ping pong with the Chinese national team in the Olympic Village. He's gonna be. Draped an American flag the whole time with that dumbass smile on his face, and you know it's just it's going to be like oh like opening ceremony here's here's Matt Kuchar he's a golfer you know and he'll be holding and he'll just he'll have like an American flag fanny pack on just waving at the crowd. All right, so All right. let's go from the Olympics to Randall. Let me bring yeah. up Richard Richard Flower. <laughs> Ricky Fowler? No, no, no. Richard Flower. The Rictator? The Rictator. Uh I give him a lot of credit. He's he may be just just bathing in money every night. But at some point he he slayed the dragon a little bit at the players last <laughs> I mean, yeah, he won the players. Like how Sutton won the players. Um, you know. Craig Craig Perks also won the players. Craig Perks won the players. It was I, I don't know. Yeah, it was good and obviously the timing, kind of the week after he was named the most overrated player on tour. Um the the timing worked. I I, I think people are way out over their skis on, on Mr. Fowler. Uh Richard Flower. Not my cup of tea. I you know the orange. Do you think that? Do you think it was rigged? Do you think the players' championship in 2015 was rigged by Tim Pinchum? 
Um, no, he made some golf shots coming down the stretch. I was rooting for Kisner, though. He, he, made, he made some shots. He kept stuffing the pinata on 17. I, I do remember that. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, I, I think he's a guy – He's had a good career, I mean, very good career relative to all professional golfers. Um, I, I just is, he he, just is he just another guy, though? He's just another guy. He's just another guy. Yeah, no thanks. Jag. I, I'm good. Just I'm good. another guy. Yeah, uh, I'm good. I, I just keep waiting for him to do something. And, you know, everybody started trying to put him in, like, the big four. It's like, come on, he's not, it's not there. Like, you got to let him, you got to let the results called him up there, and winning one players isn't going to do it. He's had some other good wins, whatever. All right, so at some point, what, he finished top five in all four majors, though? Yeah, he had a good year. He's got a bank one, man. I mean, so I at don't some know. Point, He's going to have a Davis love of the third career, right? He's going to win like 15 times with one major. Right? Isn't that where we're headed? to Holly, though? Holly's sweet. <laughs> I, I just feel like that's where we're headed, and he's going to sell a buttload of Orange merchandise and now he's pushing joggers at me. I don't want it. I don't like it. Not not for me. That's fair. I think you should drop the IE. I think you should go by Rick. Time. I I think you should go by Richard. But I say all that and I think he actually is a good Or Ricardo. Like I actually think he's fun to hang out with. Yeah. Yeah. Strictly just golf speak. I I like like I would rather hang out with him than Jay Spencer. I mm, I think I'm having a beer with Speed. But maybe they'll invite us to 2K17, and we can have a beer with both of them next year. <laughs> um, uh, all right, all right, last guy. Will you be happy, sad, or ambivalent if Jason Day wins the British Open? Uh, sad. Okay, why? Are you an, are you an NFL fan? I uh, you know I'm becoming less and less of one in, in all okay. honesty. But yeah, you're a sure, Bengals play guy, along. right? Yeah, I'm a Bengals. You're a Bengals guy, guy. absolutely. All right. Yeah. So Bengals have lost to the Houston Texans. What two out of the last three years in the playoffs? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, I I I might be making that up, but I also hate Andy Dalton. So that's, you know, that's just kind of me me uh, projecting my feelings there. But I can't. Uh, who did the Bengals lose to last year? I forget. I forget that. Steelers, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm I'm joking. Yeah. yeah I don't know how you could have got forgotten that one. Pac Man, we out here. Um. But I'll say this. I think I think Jason Day and JJ Watt are the same person. I like and I that. Think it's, and I think it's disgusting. I think they're both, they're the biggest humble braggers. Just, it just makes me sick to my stomach. Um, where he feels, both. I get the sense that Jason Day is actually a good guy. My uncle's a member of Muirfield. My aunt practices next to him all the time and says, oh, I love Jason Day, all this shit. Well, you know what, like, I'm, I'm just, I'm tired of hearing about Jason Day's Fictitious injuries and ailments and all the drama. <laughs> I don't even give a shit if you're hurt or not. Just don't talk about it. You know, shove it yeah. in your back pocket. Go out and play. 
And then at some point, like I'm not like I'm not one of those guys that's going to dog you for not talking to the media or not giving us interesting tidbits, you know. So I, I, well, I think he can be where, interesting without. He just always seems like everything. He always like uses it as a crutch. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's I don't enjoy it when Jason Day, like at the Canadian Open last year or two years ago. Hit a 365 or 375 yard drive, and then when, but at the same time, when DJ does it, I'm like, man, that was that was majestic and artistic, and so long and live and and languid, like that 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 was just cool. Well, I, I you know I think what we're kind of trying to say is, I always what I found to be a trustworthy tool is I always try to think about like how much would Jim Nance, like how much does Jim Nance actually like, like a person, you know? And I feel like my uh, affection for that person, affection is not the right word. Uh, whether or not I like that person is definitely inversely related to how Jim Nance would feel about that person. I mean, yeah. he's just a, like he loves the story and he just eats it up and, He's like, oh, Jim, let me let me provide you with the narrative. Yeah, you know? Jim loves that, and Jason Day loves it. He loves being. And it's like, I like want to like Jason Day. He's got this great backstory, and he he's Australian. And he's got a great accent. And he seems like a genuinely decent guy to to have a beer with. But at the end of the day, it's like you're making it really hard for me right now. You're 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 acting like a fluffer. Well, hey, let's. Um... Before we before we kind of introduce our guest and, and get to that, let's uh, quickly. What are some of the more indelible uh, British Open memories that you have personally? Any, any uh, come to mind right away? I mean, what are we? Yeah, probably Stuart Sink shitting on every stream. Okay. Yeah. We beat Watson. That was bullshit. Um, other than that, I don't I don't know why, but Tom Lehman back in '96, I think, with him in St. Anne's. I don't know if it was just that Tudor style clubhouse or what, but that that one kind of stuck out to me. And then probably probably Cat in 2000 at St. Andrews. Yeah, that was that was kind of a seminal win for him. How about you? Yeah, I think well, I think my first memory really is uh, Roca putting from the Valley of Sin, and John Daly obviously going on to win. Um, in that I, in that Reebok sweatshirt. Yeah. That was yeah. Awesome. I, and I think more recently, I, I think I'll always kind of remember the Mickelson win just because I'm an unbashed yeah. uh, lefty fan. And his play down the stretch of Muirfield. And I, I think, you know, the one that everyone remembers is, is 99 with uh, with Vandal. I mean, I think that when, when I hear the words British Open, I picture Vandeveld in the burn with his shoes off. And that was, that was, that was maybe the most surreal golf uh, viewing experience I think I've had. I mean, I'm trying to think. What well, some of it's that? due to the time slot, right? Like you're you're sitting there watching it all morning. You wake up at seven or eight or nine o'clock, and you watch it for 
four or five hours and have breakfast and some eggs and some ham and whatever else. And Vanderbilt's leading this entire time, right? Yeah, playing amazing golf. Flawless I mean, golf. Treacherous yeah. conditions. Yeah, at Carnoustie, nonetheless. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was obviously 18, three-shot lead. And, um, you know, I, I think you said, you know, that putt for triple bogey is, I mean, that wasn't a gimme. He, he freaking rolled it in. It, I don't know. Yeah, an eight, eight to ten-footer. I mean, shit, he got up, up and down on the bunker. Eight to ten-footer, dead center, and then he just fist-pumped the shit out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that was that was uh, that probably took more cards than any winning putt of all time. Yeah, you know, that was that was. <laughs> it's all, that I was, mean, that yeah, was big no time. Joke. No joke. Yeah, um, and obviously he, he folded in the playoff, and Paul Lowry won. And I think Paul Paul Lowry has to be the most. I don't know, maybe Steve Jones when he won the U.S. Open. I'm trying to think of two more forgettable major winners, but Vanderbilt is, was, will continue to be the lasting image from not only the 1999 British Open, but I, I think, you know, kind of what the British Open is and for a lot of, at least Americans, or at least a lot of people our age. Um, yeah, if I was going to, if I was going to pick out, say, 30 names, Paul Lowry wouldn't be one of the first 30 names you associate with the British Open. Yeah. Or the, no, I'm no, sorry, no the, the Open Championship. The Open Championship, yeah. No, um, no, no chance. But John Vanderbilt will probably be one of the first five or six names you associated with it. And yet he didn't win. Yeah. And that says something. I think he was kind of frozen in time for, you know, at least for us in that generation where, you know, I was, I shit, I was 13 or 14 years old watching that. And that was, right. you know, that was kind of one of the things where the guy... You know, the guy pissed, a, pissed away a major championship and then handled it with complete class. And Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I think that's – and I even remember vaguely kind of having that thought in real time was, wow, this guy should be absolutely crushed. And, you know, I'm sure he was. And But he didn't really let that on. And I don't think he ever really tried to hide uh, from that moment. And – We'll talk about it, and it's very open and honest and thoughtful. And I don't know that that's very cool. It'd be so easy to be a different way, and he's not. He's 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 handled it like a like a true gentleman, and, and frankly, like a true champion. Even though you know he, he doesn't and will never have his name on the Claire jug. So anyway, if, if you haven't guessed it yet. Our guest, so we thought, John Vanderveld. Yeah, so we thought we'd bring him on and, and catch up with him. And um, so Tron and I had about a 30, 35-minute talk with him. Uh, he has just begun the second phase of his golf career. We caught him this weekend. He was making his Champions Tour debut up at the Dick Senior Open in New York. And was kind enough to uh, – we caught him after his second round. And he sat down and, and spent 30, 35 minutes talking about a variety of things with us. So anything yeah. you want to add, Sean, before we... No, that's it. Super, 
super gracious at this time, and I was more interested in how he, what he's done after Carnese and how he rebounded from that than what actually happened, because I don't think we'd be covering any new ground if we just asked him about that. So. Yeah, and, and I think that was our thinking was, hey, I, let's try to give an image of what he's been up to. Let's, you know, not that people will ever forget 1999, but, you know, let's give some people other things to think about when they hear that name. So I hope we've done that, and um, thank everybody for tuning in. First of what we hope will be many great episodes to come, and without further ado, here is our conversation with John Vandeveld. How does it feel to uh, be back in competition? I, I know 75-74, uh, probably not exactly what you were hoping for, but just being back out there. Exactly. Well, the scores, you know, it was always going to be um, something to, to, to look to look at, but uh, to be really honest, it's the first time that I played with a scorecard in my pocket since 2011. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, it's, it's been a while. So um, And uh, and since 2011, basically, I've had uh, 10 rounds of golf on a yearly basis. So it's been uh, it's been a, a busy uh, busy time of my life doing other things and you know what I I you know I I realized that well, I didn't realize I knew it that I I missed the adrenaline of competing and uh, I was always gonna come back sooner or later so um, so getting back here on the golf course that I you know first time I see it obviously you've got to hit it pretty straight um, the greens are you know the course is immaculate I mean the fairways are firm. The greens are, are firm as well and fast, so uh, it was always going to be a, a process where you know it's just about grinding it out and improving a little bit day by day. So today I was two under through eight. I started on ten. Uh, even yesterday I was okay, but I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't close it out. I double bogey fifteen basically, um, which put me at three over par. And today I was two under playing eighteen, and then I hit too many too many loose shots as well. So. You know, in and out, um, I I know what's what's going on in the swing and and what's wrong. So it it was just a, a great process. I mm-hmm. I chipped and putt pretty well today. Uh, I chipped I putted very well yesterday. At least I had the speed of the greens because I never hit it very close. Um, and now it's just going to be a matter of being patient and and putting competitive runs together. Was some of it endurance related too? Just as far as not not having played. Oh yeah, consecutive I mean, rounds. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I played in, in both of the programs as well, so that was my fourth consecutive run today. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's almost a full year that. for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's pretty. That's forty percent of what I do in a year. So yeah. I, <laughs> I felt, uh, yeah, I felt. You know, it's very very warm as well. So um, yeah, altogether, you know, physically, I'm 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 weaker than I was. There's no doubt. Uh, and and when you not physically spot on it it's pretty hard to grind it out all the time so uh yeah not nothing nothing surprising to be honest mm-hmm. i'm i'm actually surprised i was i was in the par and, and feeling comfortable today uh and you know what it's uh i think that's that's what i'm going to concentrate on good well, good i know this, um sorry go ahead yeah no just reading your transcript from earlier this week uh you had mentioned i believe and, and correct me if i'm wrong but you you hope to it seemed like maybe not full full time, but but playing you know 15 to to 20 senior um, events, and I was just wondering if you could talk about maybe what your plan is for the rest of this year, schedule wise, and then going forward into next year. 
Well, as you know, I'm playing on invites, so uh, I, I've you know requested invites pretty much everywhere, uh, pretty much everywhere until the end of the year. Okay. Uh, and then with with the thought of entering the tour school, so obviously you know what if I if I can grab uh, a spot before that, uh, I would be uh, <laughs> would be delighted. But I don't yeah, want to put it. I don't want to put too much pressure either. It's uh, as I said, it's been a long time away from competing. Uh, all those guys have been playing day in day out, and they never stopped. So uh, for for a lot of them, so it's just trying to get some pressure out of my shoulders. My intention is, you know, to be full steam somewhere along. By I mean, by the end of next year, I'd like to be on the tour, uh, on on the Champions Tour, and. Uh, and as I said, you know, I like to play between 15 and 20 weeks. Uh, I still have other occupation that I don't want to turn my back to. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and I still believe that I can, you know, dedicate well enough time in, in the week uh, to to playing competitive golf and to, to practice my game. So um, uh, I, I don't Was this always the plan for you? Well, it was always in the back. Yeah, in the back of my head, it was always a plan to come back and, and compete, uh, no doubt. Now, you know, do I want to go back and compete with a 20-year-old? Uh, the answer is no, uh, because mm-hmm. you know it's a it's a different exercise and uh, and it as well it's a different atmosphere. Uh, so you know, coming coming here, I think it will it will suit um, more my personality and and more myself as a, as a as a person as well, which is great. Is there a reason um, why you chose to the the U.S. Senior Tour as opposed to staying in Europe? Well, I think there's certain... first of all there's there's much more tournaments. Uh, okay, that's 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 a, that's number one. Uh, number two, I I do believe that you know I I haven't played on any senior tour uh, in in Europe, so I can't really comment right now on on the conditions and on everything else, but. Uh, here, you know, I played on the PGA Tour for a couple of years, and it's uh, it's very similar the way that uh, the players are taken care of. So um, mm-hmm. I, I have sure. to say that uh, you know I I rather follow the good weather as well. You know, my my body is not 21 anymore, so uh, <laughs> it takes less time to to lose up. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it, I I do believe it suits my game. You know, I hit a pretty a pretty high ball. Uh, I'm I'm pretty good around the greens, or yeah. and or I was pretty good around the greens, and and I know this part of my game, you know, they they still going to remain. So it's just a matter of uh, taking the dust out, and uh, as I said, be patient and and work out of it. As far as coming back after such a long competitive layoff, is it? What's the toughest thing to get back? Just the. the your touch around the greens, or more your I, more your. Yeah, def- definitely from you know from. 40 yards till 120 yards, which which is actually what you need here. Uh, in terms of how, how deep the shots are that I hit, I mean, I I had a 88-yard shot today that I carried 92. I mean, this is you know this is not going to help. So basically, you turn yourself a, an amazing you know opportunity to hit it close and to have a birdie chance into trying not to three putt. So, so it's, again, you know, I think the biggest thing for me, the biggest challenge, you know, I'm a, uh, patience is a virtue, I know, but I, I'm not the most patient man in the world, and it it will be to, uh, you know, not not to be too hard on myself, to accept mm-hmm. that it's going to take some time, and and to move on with that, still to be, you know, pretty. Uh, 
I'd be pretty demanding on what I'm going to do and, and what I'm working on, but at the same time, acceptance is the biggest thing. Kind of kind of sounds like Tiger Woods. The, uh, well, I don't know if it sounds like Tiger Woods. <laughs> you know, but it, but at, at, the, at the end of the day, you know, if I, if I, was, um, if, if I would have practiced for, let's say, or played golf, you know, four hours a day for the last six years, pretty much, you know, 30 weeks or 40 weeks a year, I, I would not say that. Uh, but uh, it's been the other way around. I've been I've been working for forty weeks a year, forty five weeks a year, doing other things, and I and I, you know, your body, no matter what, you know, you get older, it, it takes its toll. It's uh, physically as well. I'm not I'm not half as strong as what I used to be. I, I'm not saying I hit it short, but I, I'm you know, resistance wise, it's uh, you still have to walk, you know, ten, twelve kilom, ten kilometers a day. You still have to it's involved, you still it's you know, it's really a physical exercise, a big one. Mm-hmm. So uh the fact that I haven't seen the the the, the gym for the last six years doesn't really help. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now um, first day job you were kinda of talking about that a little bit. That's the is that the tournament director? Yeah, I, I actually, you know, I'm I'm basically I run the the golf department in the company that I work for. So we okay. we obviously have the, the French Open, the male French mm-hmm. Open. We have the ladies as one. We have challenge tour tournament. We have second grade, you know, the tour as well. So in and out, we have six tournaments that we take care of. And uh, and that takes a lot of my time. Okay. Obviously. Well, I, I know this year's French Open field was uh, very strong. Rory McIlroy played over there. I, I'm sure was that rewarding for you to kind of a lot of your efforts come to fruition. And, and yes, really it was very appeal. satisfying. Yes, because over the last five years, you know, the the product itself uh, as a, as a French Open, you know, what what's offered to the spectators really improved. Uh, the the village has improved. You know, we have facilities where people can can hit balls on the range. You know, where they can have club feeding, where they can. So, so all this has been, you know, has been, it's still uh, a work on, uh, you know, we're still working on it, uh, but but it's been it's been moving gradually, and and the field as well. If you look at over the years, you know, it's it's been um, it's been improving as well. So this year being the hundredth anniversary and the hundredth French Open, uh, yeah, we were we were delighted to have the likes of the McIlroy and and the Danny Willett and you know the Westwood mm-hmm. and the Kymers and the McDowell and the Harrington and you know I know I'm I'm missing quite a few uh, but um, yeah it was um, it was it was very satisfying and, and as far as kind of leading into that as far as the Ryder Cup it's y'all having that in 20, 2018 and yes and do you have a big role with that as far as putting that on and and kind of bringing that well listen I, I was very involved up until the beginning of the year uh, because I was I was Put by the player from the European Tour uh, on the on the board of director of Ryder Cup Europe, Ryder Cup Limited, but uh, but I, I moved uh, I moved away at the beginning of this year. Uh, okay. There's many many reasons to that, and uh, but at the end of the day, you know, it's uh, coming to France is already satisfying enough uh, as a player, I will say, um, to to know that it's you know coming to the country where I come from. Uh, would I have a role in 2018? I do have a role with the, on the French side, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I can't. I can't tell you right now. I can't see that far ahead. I got you. And, and the Ryder Cup will be played at the Albatross course at. Um, yes, Albatross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what? 
I, I have to admit, I don't know much about the course. What what can people expect come 2018? What what kind of um, well, it's a layout huge is test it? of golf. It's it's uh, it's it's kind of uh, you know uh, an American layout where you you still have to, there's quite a lot of water in play, but at the same time it has a very lengthy feel. So um, you know when we play the French Open, we try to have as much as we can because in the last two months we have had. 400 millimeters of water falling down. So 40 centimeters, that's a lot of water, if you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this year was playing softer. You know, the greens were uh, much more receptive, although they were drying out throughout the week. But usually you can play very fast. Now, the Ryder Cup being played at the end of September, uh, it will be a little bit softer, uh, and mm-hmm. it will be playing pretty quite long. I mean, although we can have a very good month of September, it can all also be you know, quite chilly and it can rain. So it's a, it's a beast of a golf course. I mean, it's really a tough test. Uh, and uh, you just have to look at the, the scores over the years. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a wonderful as well match play golf course. You know, when you play in stroke play, there's so mm-hmm. many trouble everywhere that you can always expect to, to, to have a, a nightmare sooner or later. In match play, you, you know, you lose a hole and you go to the next. So I think it would be uh, it would be very good for, you know, for the crowd and and for what we're going to see. There's going to be a lot of attacking and and a lot of could be potentially a lot of birdies. Now you, you played in one one Ryder Cup in '99, yep. correct? Yeah, yeah. And so 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 I just moved to Boston. So I live actually pretty close to Brookline where that, yeah. where that occurred. Yeah. Um, have to ask you how, so that was a pretty acrimonious Ryder cup, even in the lead up. I remember there was some press conferences, of course, yeah. some back and forth there, even before everything started and teed off. Um, were the galleries just, just brutal to you that week or was it? Well, I think it wasn't on it wasn't only to me. I think it was, yeah, it was. But you, you know what? There was many reasons to it. First, the, the enthusiasm and, and, you know, people are, are behind the teams. There's no doubt. I think that the build-up was a bit too heavy. You know, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. everybody wants to win. But we've got to remember that we're here to promote the game of golf, more importantly. Um, and uh, winning or losing, fine. It's uh, Everybody plays to win, as I say. But uh, even with you, with, when mm-hmm. you lose... It's uh, it's part of the game actually. <laughs> that's yeah. that's why we play games. If you, if you only won, you, you wouldn't play a game anymore because you'd be bored. Yeah. So well, in the spirit of the Ryder Cup too. Yeah, you and know, the spirit of the Ryder Cup is a friendly yeah. is a friendly match between mm-hmm. between the two entities. So yes, there was there was a few things that we addressed uh, the diff- you know mm-hmm. both sides and both boards of directors, and that we have changed. And there's no doubt that we've learned a lot from there. You know is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Europe was starting to, you know, being a little bit more of a force, and uh, it wasn't well perceived, and uh, not by the players, but definitely uh, the press played a big role in that uh, by by building up and by, you know, um, how should I say, probably motivate a little too much everybody, including the spectators, and he went, yeah, he went overboard. So at the end of the day you can only learn from the mistake that that happened mm-hmm. and and we have we have and, and and you look at the you know the last uh, the last Ryder cups have been played in a, in a very I wouldn't say different spirit because the players here play in a, in a yeah. very uh, amicable spirit but it's been it's been more guided. much more congenial right yes totally totally yeah i guess kind of staying on the the topic of the Ryder cup and and more maybe more generally 
uh, French golf. Are, are you close with any young French golfers? I, I know the one that probably we're most familiar with uh, just from him having spent more time uh, over in the U.S. is uh, Victor Dubisson. But I, mm-hmm. I was just wondering if you could, you know, if you have a relationship with him or other other uh, younger guys and, um, you know, does does obviously French golf would love to place a, a Frenchman on the Ryder Cup team in, in 2018. Um, and I was just wondering kind of who you see might have the best uh, chance at, at being that guy or even a couple guys. Well, it's, it's very hard to say who will be in, but there's no doubt that Victor Dubuisson is, you know, is a force to be reckoned with. He's, uh, he's an amazing player. He's, he's really, you know, in that league of player that uh, has something special about him. Uh, now you know, can he can he make the Ryder Cup? Yes, he can make the Ryder Cup. We've seen it. He played in Scotland into it, you know, and he's not very mm-hmm. far from making this one. So if he if he has a couple of good months here uh, this summer, he could <laughs> excuse me, he could definitely be be part of it. Now you know you have other players like Levy, you have other players like Watel, who just you know shot seven under today and he's playing for seven or eight in Scotland. Uh, you have the other one that you've seen not long ago, Gregory Bourdie, who was hitting the U.S. Open at one stage oh, sure. In, sure. in the second round. Uh, and, you know, there's the, the old guard and the new guard, and, and you have the, the very young ones who, who are just mm-hmm. arriving, people like Longask, uh, who just mm-hmm. turned pro. He played, you've seen him at the Masters. He played four rounds there, made the cut. You know, he did. Uh, he did the same. He won the amateur, correct? Exactly. exactly. So this this guy is of tremendous potential, and and you know there are many others as well. Who've actually some of them studied in in university in America. Uh, you know the the Saudi and all the others. So uh, there's yes, there's ample opportunities for French to be in that team, or even two French to be in that team. Now yeah. it's it's a matter of. You know, you know it like I do. It's uh, it's a long year. I mean, the process sure. in Europe being based on one year, the year is very long, and uh, and the pressure. You know, you you got to handle it all, and you got to make sure that the schedule that you're going to play uh, really really suits and and is really focused on where, you know, what kind of course you like to play, what you know, what time of the season uh, your form is better than others because it's it's a cycle. You know, some people play. Great at the spring. Some other play great during summer. Some other, so, so you're going to make sure that you build it up and 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 maximize what you're going to do. So, um, yeah. Do I have hope that we're going to see a French guy in the team in 2018? Absolutely. As far as your career goes, uh, what would you say the highlight of your career thus far has been? The the highlight of my career? Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be outside of golf. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you you talking about golf here? Yes, I guess. guess. Uh, listen, I, I I don't know. You know, the, the, when I won on tour, I think when was that in '93? I think it was. Um, you know, I was a, the first Frenchman to win on the European tour, qualifying for the Ryder Cup as well. Uh, the Open, obviously, uh, whether it's uh, the, the Open Championship or the French Open. You know, being in the playoff, being very close from. Or, having the, the, the two trophies that I cherish the most. Um, as, but more importantly, I think it was, you know, being able to, um, uh, through through the game of golf, first of all, to have a, an amazing life, uh, a very enriching life, and, uh, and sharing the same passion with, uh, with the thousands of, 
of people who were behind the ropes and, and following me at some occasions. Mm-hmm. Now, as far that as, is, that, as is, far that is actually what is good, you know, it's, it's okay. to see how people support you and, and how behind you, no matter what happens, mm-hmm. in the good time as well as in the bad times. So, as, as, and I don't want to dwell on the bad times, <laughs> or they probably can't even be considered bad times because all relatively speaking, we're still, still, you know, in a playoff to win. Um, but as far as disappointments go, would you put the would you put the French Open below or above the Open Championship at Carnegie? I would put them at the same level, really. really? I, I, I lost both in the playoff. Yeah, the, the French. Uh, I played 25 of them, and I, and I never never hit, hidden the fact that this was you know the tournament that I wanted to win no matter what, and I and mm-hmm. I had a a few chances actually, uh, some very good chances, but but it never happened. So uh, yeah, that was um, that was really that was really hard. Uh, but at the, at the same time, you know, it was hard. But six months earlier, I wasn't walking. If we if we talk about 2005, mm-hmm. I, I came out of two full reconstruction of my right knee, and I was pretty blessed to be in that position. Um, you know, three months after basically starting to play golf again. Uh, so yeah, it was. You know what? At the end of the day, the career, life—you you have some joys, you have some disappointments. It's about you know handling them and 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 looking at what's you know what the positive things that comes out of it. So, so yeah, going back, I, I'm disappointed not to have my name on both of those trophies, no doubt. But the experience so going, that going I went through. Going back to to Carnoustie, um, and I guess just you know, I feel like everybody, you're kind of frozen in that, in a lot of people's minds. At that point, you know, that that's kind of what people, a lot of people in the States more or less remember about you. And I think that's a little bit unfair because you, you've had an excellent career and also you just handled that with such class. But I guess my, my two questions about Carnoustie would be, what did you do afterwards? Like, like immediately afterwards that night, do you just go open a really awesome bottle of wine and just <laughs> just say hey, I did I didn't wine. open one my friend I, I had I had all my friends my very close friends who came for the last couple of rounds they were all here I I booked the largest table I think we were 16 around the table and uh, we pretty much drank all the cellar of the, of the <laughs> hotel there. So awesome. that we had an excellent night we invited the people from the RNA and uh-huh. you know I stayed there until three or four trying that that would really calm me down and but an hour later I was awake so that didn't quite work <laughs> uh, no you, you need you know you need the adrenaline to come down yeah. you need the you need to have you know all, all that drama that went around to as well sink in and, and come down so yeah the next the next week or so I was I was home in the south of France and I was you know at my house and trying to Trying to reflect on it and trying to rest, basically trying to rest ahead because no matter what, you know, there's mixed emotion coming. And uh, mm-hmm. and before uh, before you can have any judgment, I think you need to yeah you need to have your your body and mind rest a little bit or try to rest and then and then you can start addressing things. And as far as as far as um, you know, kind of taking taking a or kind of taking a negative and turning it into a positive. Was, was there anybody that reached out or any? Anything that really surprised you in a positive way in the afternoon? Yeah, there was plenty of people who reached out without mm-hmm. any doubt. But, uh, but uh, as I say, you know, I, I keep that for myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So 
Well, and then actually, you had a pretty, you had a pretty successful year. I mean, really beyond that, you really, uh, you know, had a what? pretty, pretty excellent in ranking in your championships. Yeah, and well, and then yeah, yeah ninety nine, and then and then really into two thousand as well. Yeah, yeah, no, I was playing really well, really well, and mm-hmm. you know what, I, I I really started to hit the wall a little bit because I was traveling back and forth all the time. Two thousand, mm-hmm. I I really played good golf all over the place. Uh, and uh, in 2001, well, obviously we know we know what happened in September. I mean, this tragic event mm-hmm. in New York, and uh, and I was I, I think I needed something like 75,000 US dollars or close to that to to keep my card, and I was starting to play extremely well. So obviously uh, that that didn't happen. We didn't play that week, uh, and then the following week I came back. I mean, I. Spend one day. In, I was in Florida. I remember. I spent one day, one week, in Miami, not being able to move anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I flew that following Monday and went back to Europe and thought, you know what? Where is the world going? Nobody knew what was going to happen. So I thought, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to play here in Europe. If anything is likely to happen, at least I can always maybe jump in the car or jump in the train or whatever. I can I mm-hmm. can go back home uh, and I can, you know, be close to my family. So yeah, this is the option that I took. And the following week, I finished second. I lost by one shot into a tournament in Europe. So I was really playing well. So that really put a stop to, to what I wanted to do in America. Were you scheduled to play the... the- I think it was the WGC at, at yeah, no, I was playing, that week. Or? I was playing the other one. I was playing the oh, one in the uh, Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. But I think I think I still had five tournaments in hand or six tournaments. So, you know, I had plenty in it. Really when I tell you I was playing well, I was playing well. Mm-hmm. So so you showed up at Augusta in two thousand. You'd never seen the course before. Yeah. And you and you, and you finished tied for nineteenth. Which is probably mm-hmm. one of the better debuts of of anybody out there, what are your recollections? Well, I, you know, I was, I was uh, when I, when I knew I was going to play in the Masters, which is right after the Open. I went to see uh, some of my friends and I and I asked uh, Olazabal and Balesteros at the time if I could play a practice round with them. So I'm, I'm very close friend to to Jose Maria, and obviously I knew Sevi pretty well as well. But mm-hmm. uh, so they say, sure, sure, yeah, let's play together. So I, I we. You know, we put it down together that we were going to play on the Tuesday, and then on Wednesday I, won, I played another one with Bernard Langer, so okay. we won as well the Masters twice. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, if if you're going to learn quickly uh, from from someone, you better learn from the best. So, uh, you know, I try to uh, get as many information as I could, and, and you know where the pin position are going to be, and and where's the side to be, where's the side not to be. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. So again, you know, it's, um, uh, putting has always been something that I enjoy and my short game is always, you know, normally is, is pretty, pretty well on. And I mm-hmm. thought that, you know, I was very comfortable at Augusta. I could feel like, you know, this is, this is a type of golf that I like when you have to move the ball and move some of the shots and, and play in the right area. So, uh, I, I felt good. I felt comfortable. And I played pretty well. No, you did. Um, and then as far as, I mean, really, you played well in the cut at the Open, uh, which I guess, was that the one at Pebble after that? Yeah, I missed, yeah. I think I missed the cut at Pebble by one or, or something like I think I missed the cut mm-hmm. by one. But I I, I I wasn't playing very well. Uh, okay. I, I You know, I scrambled pretty, I mean, you know, I chipped in a couple of times to 
to stay alive. Uh, but um, but the the game wasn't really really that good. I mean, I played much much better uh, in in St Andrews, where after two rounds I was uh, I, I don't know I was playing for eight I think, uh, and I was I was playing pretty decent there. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I mean he finished T T thirty one at the the Open and then T uh, thirty at the PGA Championship. Mm-hmm. And then after that, obviously you talked about about 2001, you know, September 11th, um, I'm kind of looking over your, your career, and then all of a sudden, in 2008, you finished T19 at the Open Championship. And Yeah, yeah, it bed bugged out, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, so what was yeah. the story behind that one? Well, the story behind that one is that I, I was playing, you know, I played I played St. Andrews in 205, and again, I was playing very well, but my, my leg, you know, coming out of two surgery was still like, mm-hmm. extremely weak, and I had many sessions session where uh, my knee was dislocating really uh, at the shot uh, when I was, especially when I was hitting some drives. You know, you could hit the basically the the, the femur is moving forward as of the bottom of the leg is not really so it it was really really you know the the the, the leg was too weak. Let's put it this way. But um, in 2009, you know, that's where I started to feel much much better. And I went to qualified next door. I remember, I, I don't know if I won the qualifying. I can't remember, but I was pretty close. And then I went to play, yeah, I went to play that following following day. But I, playing, you know, um, links golf is always something that I've, I mean, I learned to enjoy anyway. And uh, and with the years, I, I, I really loved it. So it's a different type of game. Uh, you you got to hit so many different shots and, and you're gonna you, you gotta try to you know minimize minimize the, not not so much the mistakes but it's very hard to hit it close so you you gotta be grinding it out all day long and and that's uh, that's the beauty about uh, the Open Championship when the weather gets bad it gets really nasty mm-hmm. and uh, and having said that you know you I I enjoy that and back back there the weather was absolutely horrendous for the four days. <laughs> Tiny blue, like incredible how hard the, the wind was. Uh, but yeah, finished 19th with a terrible third round. I mean, the third round we had to stop a couple of times. Not mm-hmm. stop, they didn't stop officially, but I remember playing with Ian Poulter and, and the ball wasn't standing still on the greens at a couple of occasions on the back nine. So mm-hmm. that, was, that was a brutal day. I think I shot 80 or 81, I can't really remember. Uh, and, and despite that, you know, I finished 19th. So tells you how tough the conditions were. Absolutely, yeah. Well, Josh, I mean, you've been very gracious with your time. We don't want to keep you uh, too long. I'm sure you're heading out to dinner. Um, I, I yep. did, if, if, if you will allow me, I have one uh, non-golf question for you that okay. I was curious about. I know you split your time between Paris and Hong Kong and now coming over yeah. here to the States. Uh, I, I imagine you're in the air a lot and in, in a car a lot. Um, I, I was just wondering kind of how you like to pass that time. If, if you're a big reader or if you, you know, if you, if you watch movies or um, just kind of curious how, what, yeah. what you're in. No, I love, are. I love, I, I listen. I like everything. I like any music, any type of music. Yeah. I like to watch movies as well, which is a good thing in a, in an airplane. I'm uh yes, I do read and I'm uh I'm a bulimic for working, so you know whichever project I work on, because you know the French Open is, takes a lot of my time, but but I work on a lot of different projects as well with uh, different partners and and different things. So I yeah I'm uh, I'm a workaholic, so I <laughs> you know I have 
basically I don't yeah I don't get uh, bored too often. Favorite French wine region? Favorite Bordeaux. Okay. Left or right bank? Ah, uh, good question. Um, what do you have to choose? <laughs> That's a good answer. Really. What's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, favorite European tourist? I mean, really. I mean, you're going to tell me, you're going to take a Petrus, you're going to take a Cheval Blanc, which is right bank, and then you're going to put it on the other side, a Latour, a uh, uh, Aubryon, and what can I, Margot, what, what can I tell you? My wife's middle name is Margot, so. You beautiful chateau of great place. Yeah. Okay, so both ones, both. I stay in the middle of the island there, in the water. Okay, okay. What's the other question? Uh, Favorite European tour stop besides the French Open? Uh, The Open Championship. Okay, fair. Um, Cafe Pacific or Air France, back and forth from Paris to Hong Kong? No comment. (laughs) Uh, and then anybody you would recommend that we have on uh, either on the Champions Tour or the European Tour European European Senior Tour on the podcast next Uh, let me think a little bit some of them are not 50 yet Um, but um, I don't know Tommy Almo the third Billy Andrade Billy Andrade no doubt Um, uh, David Trost uh, on the European side, my friend uh, Ramezi, who's playing on the uh, on the Champions Tour, the other French guy mm-hmm. here, is completely mm-hmm. mad, so it would be entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know each other since we're 13, so I can say that. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was okay. my to my mind. Okay, well, excellent. Well, and then yeah. uh, lastly, you're wearing a beret this week, beret or visor? You've always had some pretty good hair. Well, actually, so. I, I my the visor that I was expecting arrived um, yesterday or the day before, okay. so I was wearing a visor for the for and I usually wear a visor, but yeah, the berries is a bit of a you know a French touch there. <laughs> I, like I got you. I got you. Right, you got anything else? Yeah. Thank nope. You. Nope. Thank nope. You. We'll let you go. Thank you so much. You take care. All right. Yeah. Cheers, okay, Thank Thank you, John. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Max is the spot for that track draw. Favorite trapper, the absolute truth, yeah, no joke. Who 